Hello and welcome back to another DMN one-on-one podcast. I'm Hillary Adler and I'm here with Brian Benedict, Global Head of Advertising Sales at one of my favorite companies of all time, Spotify. Welcome, Brian. It's great to have you. Well, thank you. Good to be here. Yeah. So I have to tell you, I've been a crazy fan of Spotify for years, like going all the way back to 2011. I mean, Spotify's platform loves to talk about the notion that the music that we listen to reveals powerful insights on who we are and what we're doing and feeling at any given moment of the day. Um, And that's one thing I've always loved. I know we were just talking about it, but I have these heavily curated playlists dating back years now with certain themes or made during memorable periods of my life. And it's always been a really great way to catalog my experiences. So, like, do you want to talk about that? Like... Sure. No, it, it's a it's a great point, and thank you for being one of our early day Spotify users. Yeah. We uh, we love you for it. But we, we it's kind of been interesting. We when we uh, started and launched the service in the U.S. in 2011. Remember this, this is a Swedish company. So before it came to the U.S., we launched it in the Nordics and then Western Europe, and it came to the U.S., uh, which is kind of different than most other global digital platforms that start in the U.S. and then expand elsewhere. So I think we had some learnings. Uh, certainly in Europe before it, for probably a good two or three years before it came to the US and one of the learnings I think that we we had even after the US launch was music tells us a lot about people and culture and so you know the music that you listen to sort of tells a lot about you as a person uh, you know kind of uh, uh, what moods you're in what moments you're in what activities you like to do and these were all things in the early days of Spotify we had no idea about so as we've kind of matured the service Kind of, there's some interesting insights that you find around people. For example, right, if, if you you fire up your Spotify running playlist every morning at 7 a.m. Uh, and you do that pretty much every day, we have a good idea that you're a workout enthusiast, that you're a runner. We don't need third-party data to tell us that. You know, we have a persistent ID across all platforms, first-party registration data, right? So all of our users are authenticated. So we really have kind of an idea of who these people are, who you are. Uh, we have a kind of an interesting, if you sort of bring it uh, to uh, modern day, we have an interesting site called Spotify.me mm-hmm. where you actually can find out, um, and I would, would uh, suggest that your listeners do the same, Spotify.me where you can sort of connect your Spotify account to this website that we built and based on your listening behavior, can tell you a lot about who you are. So we would suggest uh, you and, and your, uh, your podcast listeners check that out and tell us what you think. What are some of the things that uh, it tells you about? I mean, it, it, it tells you uh, about sort of activities, moods, and moments. So is, is somebody in uh, sort of a, a workout moment in the case of, of running, is somebody in a chill moment? Is somebody in a study and concentration moment? So we kind of have an idea of what activities people are in through this music that they're listening to, you know, so that, I think what's been interesting for us as we've kind of built the, the uh, sort of the service, but also the ads business, right, is the ad marketers are really interested in identity, people-based marketing, right, so the kind of the digital ecosystem that was built the last 15 years around cookies, targeting, you know, we, certainly that's still there, but I think those platforms, and I, I like to think Spotify is one of them, that really have a good understanding of, of identity, of, of audience, I think are the ones that are going to win moving forward because that, that's what marketers are demanding. So I think the sort of the identity marketing space that is developing before our eyes is something that Spotify is contributing to. So, you know, to your question about, you know, Spotify contributing to culture uh, uh, and, and all this, we've learned a lot, you know, over the years. And we see on the service, for example, I'll use a, 
I'll use a big uh, cultural moment like the Super Bowl mm -hmm. that's coming up, uh, I guess, late January, early February every year. You know, we know, and Justin Timberlake, uh, I think, is the announced halftime artist, right? I'm a big fan of JT. I don't know if you are, but uh, good. So we, we both share that. <laughs> we know every year the halftime artist uh, for the Super Bowl, the spike that we get from his or her music on the platform goes through the roof. Mm -hmm. So the, you know, the, the, literally the day of the Super Bowl, and then really the week after the Super Bowl, we see. So we saw that with Lady Gaga. We saw that with Bruno Mars yeah, the last couple Lady of years. Gaga so was fantastic. Yeah, and so we kind of like have an idea now. We know these cultural moments and the impact that it has on Spotify. So now we can kind of plan for it. Yeah. And that's been you know sort of the build over the last ten years that you know, the service has had. Now we we can kind of forecast these things, and and we're having we're having some fun with that with marketers um, uh, now, which is interesting. So that, that data that you have on people and their listening behaviors, how are you leveraging that into brand connections? Yeah, so we have what we've been out in market with that I think has resonated uh, pretty well this year is this, uh, you're kind of wrapped in this idea of people-based, identity-based marketing is something called UPTM, or mm -hmm. Understanding People Through Music is what we like mm -hmm. to call it. Uh, again, it feeds right back to um, kind of this, this people-based marketing narrative. We actually... Um, we did a lot this year in Cannes around that with the big multinational brands. We won an award uh, during Ad Week here in New York for Media Post around People-Based Marketer of the Year. So I, again, it, we have a long way to go, but I think it's validating a strategy that we have of, you know, when you have fully authenticated audiences that upon registration, right, when you register for Spotify, it's a long, long time ago on your end, but... God, I don't even remember yeah. like how I got in or who told me about it. Or right. Well, it, it was a very heavy at the time, to be honest with you. We had a Facebook integration uh, in 2011. That's right. And you could see like what your friends were listening to in real time. Yes. And, I mean, now you guys have that on the sidebar. We do. So I think it's sort of evolved yeah. organically and matured you know, since then. So we're getting mostly direct registration now versus through Facebook. But you, know, you have to give us your age and your gender when you register. So we have this very valuable first party data. So we kind of have an understanding through listening on a desktop or a mobile device or a tablet, frankly a, a, uh, a speaker. Every time you're listening to Spotify, we kind of have an idea what, what device, what time of day, what playlist, what artist. So that first party data is key. Uh, third party data that we can layer on top of that, you know, to kind of get an idea of, okay, are these music enthusiasts, are they, the, the real secret sauce to your question, I think that we're having some fun with, is what we call streaming intelligence. So again, what you stream tells you a lot about you as a person. So think about all of these pieces coming together for a marketer where if you, kind of sub if you subscribe to the thought that every communication plan begins with a consumer insight, yeah. we can share a lot of insights. So kind of that pre-sale, that pre-campaign process, marketers can't get enough of from Spotify. So we can really, sort of segment audiences in very interesting ways uh, that I think the marketing community is really like, wow, this, this is something special. Yeah, no, for sure. And I mean, that makes me think about the, you know, of course, the big news this week, the the partnership between Spotify and Pat McGrath. Mm -hmm. And what, who's the other artist, Maggie yeah, yeah, Lindemann? So, so Maggie, yeah, so, and, and that, that one was kind of interesting. It, it was sort of... Uh, serendipity more or less because we had a common vendor that we work with and you know she really ran with that it wasn't even something that that came from our end mm -hmm. uh, but it, I think it's it speaks to the idea and, and an ambition that we have at Spotify which is hey we have this big catalog of music on the service uh, but how can artists express themselves in different ways you know artists have a lot of needs mm -hmm. one of which is getting their music heard and I think through 
human curation through machine learning and algorithms, Spotify is doing some interesting things there. Um, but but what other ways you know can artists kind of express themselves? So I think our our goal is how do we foster that? You know how can artists really message to fans? Because you really think about it, Spotify's evolved to a point when you have creators, you know, artists on one side, fans on another side. How can we be that connection point? You know, what if, if you really strip it all down? Like what does Spotify do? It create it's it really connects creators and fans. Uh, and so for the for, for artists, you know, whether you're a, a big artist like uh, Drake or Lady Gaga, or if you're an emerging artist that's just coming up, what they both have in common is connect me to my super fans. Like how can I, and, and you know, how can I continue to message to them in interesting ways? You know, how can, how can Spotify help me inform the tour that I'm about to, to build, you know, for 2018? So I think you talk about some interesting insights that we're sharing with marketers, but think about what we were able to share with artists now. So artists, there are some artists that are really getting smart, you know, data-driven artists that are saying, hey, let me, let me, let me build my tour for 2018, 2019 informed by Spotify data. You know, what, what areas around the U.S. am I high indexing in? Like, where are my super fans? Where can I sell out shows? Like, where, where, frankly, do I need some help? What are some markets where I'm under-indexing? So these are, these are the insights when you have a global audio music platform, really, that never has been, that's never been built before. That I think for the artist community, the label community, the brand community, that's where this is getting fun. Yeah. And just so our audience knows, the partnership that I mentioned with Pat McGrath and Maggie Lindemann, that is Spotify's expanding on that merchandise platform um, and branching out into selling makeup through the artist page. Yeah, right? so, so I'll be honest with you, we're, we're really not, that's not really our program, that's, that's hers. So again, we had a sort of a common merch vendor that we work with and she works with. And so it's really something that, that she, did, she, she is doing, you know, sort of on her side with her mm -hmm. fans. Um, I would think of it uh, just more broadly as you know how with with artists with Maggie and other artists how can we help them like this is an ambition moving forward just express themselves in different ways beyond just just putting the music on the service so you know that that announcement that you saw from uh, Maggie's team this week it was more really from her side than it was from mm -hmm. from us uh, again we want to support it uh, and so I think it's there's there's really this kind of next evolution of Spotify you know the next 10 years mm -hmm. is how can we really help the creator community do that you know, so I think you'll you'll be seeing a lot from us moving forward. And you think that those big names like Drake and Lady Gaga, do you think they'll take cue from Maggie and yeah, start I'm, selling their own things on Spotify? I mean, it, it kind of also alleviates that royalties problem that music streaming services have created for artists. So. Yeah, well, I guess just to step back, you know, our, our founder, Daniel Eck, and all of us at Spotify feel strongly that, hey, artists need to be compensated for their work. Mm -hmm. So this idea of having fully licensed content, right? So we work with all the, the major uh, and smaller music labels to ingest, you know, we're, we're ingesting 20 to 25,000 songs a day on Spotify. So just think of the complexity of that technology mm -hmm. when you have all those new songs and how, how to sort them, how to surface them, algorithms, machine learnings, human curation. You know, so you kind of have this, this, uh, 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 this need that the artist community is saying, help me to get my songs heard. Mm -hmm. But what, in talking to the Drakes, but even, you know, even more so, talk to the emerging artists that are just looking to get found. What they're saying to us is, we love Spotify. Um, we love that we can, you know, get our music up quickly and that people can grab it from the cloud. And, but we want more from Spotify. Like, we want to be able to express ourselves in different ways. So one of the things that you're seeing, for example, 
um, on some of our highly scaled uh, playlists, um, like Rap Caviar, mm -hmm. which has 10 million followers. I love uh, Rap Caviar. We just, well, thank you. Um, <laughs> you know, that, that's become what's interesting there, Hillary. Like, think of Rap Caviar, um, talk about an evolution of our company, right? In, in the beginning of Spotify, when you jumped on in 2011, it was kind of a search bar, right? It was how yeah. can I uh, put in a song or an artist that I love, and if I wanted to, I could hear them 20 times over and over. That still exists, but I think what, what the, the challenge we've been trying to solve is, you know, there's not a lot of people that really know what they want. So like for, for the hardcore music fan, they'll, they came in early like you did, and had a ton of fun with Spotify, search and play, but a lot of people are, you know, kind of a little bit more lean back, like they're not really sure what they want, so how can we make it easier for them? So kind of these human curated playlists like Rap Caviar, like Rock This, uh, like Viva Latina, which is... Or Hit Rewind, which I've been listening to nonstop for the last two weeks. Well, that's, that sounds pretty <laughs> awesome. Thank you. Well, that, you know, and that, it, it, that ties into, uh, you know, kind of Hit Rewind, a little bit of, like, nostalgia, right? So it's kind of It's totally nostalgia. I mean, but that that's throwing me back to college days. Like, these are all, like, things that were out five years ago, and... For sure. It's fun. So, the, you know, the, the, the human curated playlist, uh, like those, make it easier, I think... The, the, the next phase, or the, the, the phase that we've been in the last couple of years is personalization. So how can we, through algorithms and machine learning, push a playlist to you, Hillary, uh, and our other 140 million active users around the world each week? So think about the complexity of, of that technology that we think you will love. Yeah. So Discover Weekly, which comes into your Spotify feed every Monday morning. Release Radar, which comes into your Spotify feed every Friday. Uh, something called Time Capsule. You mm -hmm. think about nostalgia. I don't know if you tried that one yet. I haven't. Yeah, Tell me about it. Out. So I think your listeners really, if, if they haven't, need to check this one out. So Time Capsule is a algorithmic-based playlist that uh, is fed to you. We've done it once, and we'll kind of see what the next iterations are, but it taps into nostalgia. So this idea of knowing who you are, we yeah. you know your age, so we have an idea of you. Data will show you that kind of your prime music preferences form between like age 16 and 20. Mm -hmm. That's kind of when you start really locking in your, your music. Yeah. It certainly evolves over time, but that's when you really, you, know, you kind of look back and say, that's when I formed music that I love. So we're able to curate this amazing playlist that goes back to nostalgia, you know, when you were in your teens and early 20s that a lot of the feedback we've been hearing is, oh my God, that really nailed what I loved <laughs> back in the day. So I, check that one out. I think you'll love it. But my point being, I think the the algorithmic driven playlist is something interesting too. Yeah. So how could we do something at scale that comes to you every week that's personalized to Hillary uh, that's different, for example, from Brian, what Brian loves? Like, mm -hmm. that's interesting. And that's talking about making it easier for listeners to sort through 30 million songs on the service like that's one way we do it so you know i think to go back quickly the the idea of helping artists express themselves in different ways one of the things we're doing within rap caviar we just started to do it in, in viva latina music this week is we're launching videos inside those playlists like so we're we're kind of reimagining the playlist as not something that just lives um, you know kind of in its traditional form how can we launch video where the artists could express themselves, you know, through visuals. Yeah. You know, how can we launch, for example, some tours? So we, we were finishing up a Rap Caviar tour here in the U.S. It literally was branded around that playlist that went to six cities, mm -hmm. and we've had sold-out shows across the U.S. Like, now that's become a franchise. Yeah. So 
where I, somebody like me who's been at Spotify for five years, I kind of look at this journey we've been on, and I think about where we were, like when you signed up for the service in 2011, then 2012, and where we are now. And it's like, man, it's been, that's been pretty cool. Like, you yeah. know, what we've been able to do, and I think, you know, that we're really excited about the next five to 10 years. Yeah, well, I'm definitely excited. I mean, I think that music has such transformative powers to it. And the fact that you guys are using data sets to deliver those powers to listeners is, I mean, that's one of those we want to change the world kind of discoveries. Yeah, for sure. And I think there's a, a lot of companies, you know, the big buzzwords about you know, big data and all this, mm -hmm. what we've learned is we're really sitting on a mountain of it. And it's it's that's fine, but I think the the key there is how can you, as a company, through your technology, surface relevant insights around your data, you know, to the various stakeholders. So think about our stakeholders are artists and labels. They are business development partners that we, you know, work with. Think about uh, Spotify is integrated into a ton of devices, you know, Samsung TVs and phones and speakers, right? So those are all partners that we're looking to share interesting insights yeah. with our brand partners is another stakeholder in that. So marketers, you know, to inform their investment on the service, to inform their communication plan more broadly. So again, the, having the data is fine, but you know, really creating the insights around it that are actionable, that, that's I think we've gotten better at. That's great. Um, thank you, Brian, for coming in. Um, this has been another DMN one-on-one -on -one podcast. Thank you. Thank you very much.